Hi everyone, welcome to Murders in Paradise. I'm Jen, joined as always by GR Dad. Good evening. Good evening, GR Dad. How's it going? It's going okay. We are a little bit late with the murder podcast. We should just stop saying it comes out on Friday and just be like, it comes out sort of at the end of the week, most weeks. It's kind of in the spirit of the keys. We should also be drunker, I guess, every time, but you know, can't have everything. I'm 0% drunk right now. I'm drinking a Diet Coke. I'm also not drunk, but you know, I could feel drunk. All right, so uh, a couple of people had messaged me at different points being like, uh, I know it's a true crime podcast, but like I was really unprepared for the violent or whatever, especially upsetting graphic thing from this week. And uh, so, I, d- I mean, first, it's a true crime podcast, so there's going to be a lot of graphic, disturbing stuff. People uh, die. It's also but- supposed to be murder. Yes, there's murder this week. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, you know, like we had a really graphic sexual assault one and, and like that's a big part of a lot of this. But I also totally understand that, like, if you're not prepared for that and then all of a sudden there's big details. So uh, this is just a note to say I'm not going to preface everyone like if I remember I will, but I do put it in the podcast description. So if you're like a little worried that you'll be surprised by something like if I use the word brutal, <laughs> uh you know, you may want to Google the dude's name first to see. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, it's a big shift of tone from the golden ratio. Yes. Uh, this one does have a pet death, though it is not the uh, the main focus of the story. So, Is it mammal? It's a cat. Mm, okay. So just if that... I'm just saying. If it's basically not going to get mentioned more than that. Gold, I will just say that again. But Goldfish wouldn't bother me as much. My goldfish is gestorben. No. Do you remember that commercial? Oh, yeah. It was like a people give excuses for why they were late to work or something. And it's like all these different languages and people in all these countries. And the German one is this guy who comes in. He says, my goldfish is gestorben. <laughs> Which means my goldfish died. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, there are no goldfish who die in this story. Good. <clears throat> okay. So uh, this is a really interesting one because like the murder is super straightforward uh, but then there's all kinds of other mystery behind it. This is good. As usual, say, as usual, I'm totally unprepared and have no idea what the heck's going to go on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so most of the most of what I got about this is from the Miami New Times by an article by Tim Elfrink. Uh, it's a really great article, and I will link it in the podcast description. Um, so I'm basically just going to be retelling what he told because he did a, a great job. So I have a I have a file. Thanks, Tim, for investigating. Yep. In my Evernote, I've got a, like, good murders to do file. And it's just basically anytime I find a murder, like a story about a murder, I put it in there. So, like, I don't have to go researching every week. I can just look to my file and pick one. And this one, I, you know, I just have, like, the name of the guy, which never means anything. And then in parentheses, I had great article, exclamation point. Thanks, Tim. Good job. Yeah, it's really good. Um, Okay. So this article is from September 27th, 2012. So this is a little bit older. You know, most of the murders are that we have done are more recent because it's just easier to find stuff about that. Um, though we will have some older ones coming up. This one's from 2012. And uh, so we've got this dude, Douglas Harrison. He is uh, lives on Little Torch Key. And he is not the murderer, but he's out in his front yard. You don't have to give it all away for me. I mean, I'm telling the story. Okay, good. So... Douglas Harrison didn't murder anybody as far as we know. Uh, He's 69, Little Torch Key, which is down by us in the lower keys. 
and uh, he's out in his yard, and he's worried about Glenn Tucker, who's his neighbor, hmm. uh, also older gentleman, retired. And uh, so, it's, so the article, I'm going to read you some cool quotes because Tim is, in addition to having a great article, is a very good writer, and he's got some good lines in here. So it says that uh, that this guy Tucker was reclusive, living in his '60s style bungalow on Little Torch Key. And uh, so Harrison, the non-murderer, <laughs> sees uh, sees Tucker come out. It's noon. He's in blue and white pajamas, oh. bringing his trash out. And so Harrison asks him how he's doing, but the dude just ignores him. And uh, so Harrison's a little bit worried. So he brings him an onion, like a little, I give you this gift of onion. <laughs> I presume it's from his garden. Is this for like the Simpsons? I was like... Oh, interesting. It, it says Tucker sniffed it and mumbled thank you before going back inside. That's but I would appropriate. I would totally be like that with a neighbor. I'd be like, hey, I just picked, I've done it with zucchinis. I got a whole bunch of zucchini. You want a zucchini? There's a difference between zucchini and an onion. Yeah, well, he gave him an onion. <laughs> Here's a sprig of parsley. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was a big onion. Yeah, I picture sure. it as like a big giant onion. Yeah, well, yeah, it was the style at the time. And, <laughs> anyway, uh, 20 minutes later, gunshots oh no coming from the tucker house it says they're steady and relentless one two three four five is he shooting at the onion so the neighbor sprints over there yeah unfortunately not shooting at the onion tucker has shot his wife oh boy she had had a stroke and was uh, she'd had a stroke before yeah. and had been in a nursing home, yep. but had very recently, I think within the last five days, her adult children sprung her from the nursing home and brought her back to their house, to not to the kid's house, to her house with her husband. Yeah. And her husband is like, I don't know how to take care of her, even though he was a doctor. I don't know what to do. Like, I can't take care of her. I don't want her here. There's a reason that she was in the nursing home. Like yeah. she had a stroke. She was profoundly disabled after the stroke. And uh, the kids, so the dude did not get along well with the kids. And the kids are like, you can't have her in there and bring her back to the house. And then drop her off and leave. Yeah, drop her off and leave. So she's been there five days. Nice. And um, Tucker is a guy who is depressed, like has some type of mental illness that we'll talk about um, and has been sort of despondent and telling his neighbors, just like when this gets unbearable, I'm out. And, uh, and so Harrison... The yep. non-murderer, yep. here's yep. the gunshots, runs to the front door, looks in the window, and he sees Joan, the wife, in her wheelchair. Uh, her mouth is open. Her eyes are bulging. She has been shot in the chest. He can see the blood coming out of her because uh. she just was shot. Um, and then Tucker, the shooter, walks out the side door. He's got a Colt forty-five in his hand. And this is a quote from the article. Quote, what the fuck are you doing, Harrison screams. I'm calling the police. And Tucker says, don't call the police. And he starts going upstairs. And so Harrison's like, he's obviously going to go shoot himself, yeah. right? He just shot his wife. He's walking upstairs. He's all calm. And uh, and so the neighbor, Harrison, is like, all right, well, I've got to keep him occupied, right? I can't let him go up there. He's just going to shoot himself. So how do I get him talking? Because he, you know, he Tucker had told him before, I'm going to kill myself when this gets unbearable. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but what about your cat? You have a cat. And he's like, I'll do the cat first. Oh. Nice work, Harrison. So Harrison's trying, runs into the street, waiting for police, and then he hears two more shots. Shatter the still salty air, says the article. The cops show up, and of course, upstairs they find 
the guy holding the cat. Ugh. Both of them. So the guy shot the cat and then has shot himself. And then, of course, they find the wife dead downstairs who's been shot five times. Boy. Yeah. So, you know, it's oh. like there's nothing to investigate here. No, right? this is very straightforward. Very straightforward. I, they collected the gun and then they like test fired it. And the guy's like, I'm not even we're not going to even ballistics test it. Like it's it whatever aliens. the results are, it's yeah. not going to change anything. Like it's sort of open and shut. And. I mean, obviously, like, the motive is straightforward, right? He's super depressed. He's despondent. His wife has, you know, had this stroke. He can't take care of her. She's back in the house. Like, he just feels like he doesn't have anything to live for. Uh, You know, she isn't having any real quality of life anymore. And so he's just sort of like, okay, we're done. And so that could be it. That's a nice short story. Yeah. I mean, it's not a nice story. I... I hope no one thinks that I think this is a nice story. No. It's just short. Is it, but it's short and it's like... Wrapped up. Yeah. And it's it's like a guy who clearly wanted to die, a wife who had had a stroke and, uh, you know, certainly was not in a position where she was, you know, when she was brought back to the house, not being taken care of the way that she needs. And so, you know, not that people who have stroke should be shot, right? But, you know, she's like older clearly getting towards the end of her life. So it's not this it's not the same level of tragedy. Not that it's not sad or you'd want that to happen, right? But it's not the same level of tragedy as like someone just sort of like ripped out of the middle of their life for this senseless act of violence. Yeah. Like it's the, not good. The but worst, we've had worse worst stories. Victim is probably the cat. For sure. Cat didn't do anything. It was probably like I'm gonna hang out for a little Oh no no Luther the cat man, you could have just let the cat outside and someone would have taken care of it. That would have been fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and so that bloody Wednesday on Little Torch Key, reads the article, <laughs> finished a decades-long mystery that could have that could have unraveled only in this tiny corner of a subtropical island perched at the edge of the world. Aww. That's a pretty good line. Good... So, who was this guy? Tucker, mm. the murderer. Turns out, he is a very interesting character. He's not the gun guy, the car guy, Tucker. Mm-mm. Okay. No, he's a, a physician, retired mm-hmm. physician. Yep. Uh, dear Dad, did you listen to the podcast, Dr. Death? No. You totally, you didn't listen to it? It wasn't like one episode, and then you told me most of it. Oh, I thought you listened to the whole thing. No, I like how you tell me stories. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, if you haven't listened to Dr. Death, stop listening to our stupid podcast and go <laughs> listen to that brilliant, amazing piece of Oh, work. Dr. Death. What's the... That's not the one with the husband. This is the one with the... That's the one with the malpracticing Oh, yeah. You're thinking of Dirty John. I didn't listen to Dirty John. Dr. Death, I totally listened to. Yes, yes. Dr. Death. Yeah, the malpracticing totally depressing. in Texas. Yes. Yeah. So here we have Dr. Death version 1.0. Is this guy Tucker? Oh, not quite as extreme as Doctor Death 2.0, the guy in Texas. Yeah, uh, but remarkably similar case oh, or cases. Yeah, it's not good. Okay, so uh, so we've got this guy Glenn Tucker. He is a physician, a plastic surgeon, basically. That's Vink in the background. She's very worried about how the story is going to go. Okay, so we have this woman. We're going to start open with this story from this article, uh, Jan Lehman. So uh, so she's at a friend's house. She's studying medicine. Uh, 
oh, she has a dental degree and she's a faculty member in the dental school, I think at Marquette University. Okay. So it's March 16th, 1978. She's playing, uh, I think cards with her roommate. And I'm guessing maybe there was some drinking because her roommate won a game or a good hand and then decided to do a cartwheel, did the cartwheel and kicked Jan in the face and broke her nose in the middle of the night. Oh, 1030 PM. And so, uh, they go to the ER cause there's like blood everywhere. Clearly her nose is broken. Yeah. All right. So Glenn Tucker, Dr. Glenn Tucker shows up. Um, and she's like, he seemed great. Like she comes from this kind of army family. He had been in the army. He's like, he seems in control, knew what he was doing. Uh, I was super comfortable with him. And he's like, okay, your nose is broken. You need to have surgery and uh, preps her for the operation. Like right there that night. Apparently at the time you didn't wait for the swelling to go down, which now is a thing that they do. Uh, like now they would wait. But they didn't then. And that, that apparently was normal. So she wakes up the next day and she just feels terrible. Her like eyes are black. Her It oh. says her sinus cavity burst with lightning flashes of pain. She's like, I, I knew that this wasn't healing right and there was a problem. So it was for two months that she keeps going back going like, I'm not feeling right. He's prescribing her stuff. Is not feeling good. And finally he's like, all right, well, you need another surgery. Oh, God. And she's like, all right, well, it's, that doesn't it's, seem it's right. Your death. All right. So I just want to read you this section because it's just, it's so eerie. You so, need a trigger warning for this one too, because this is awful. Oh, all right. If medical stuff freaks you out, it's just going to get worse from here. So maybe skip ahead to the last two minutes for the happy dog story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So it says, now she is on the faculty of the dental school right? She teaches in the dental school. So even though this isn't a dental procedure, she knows how dental surgery goes. And so she knows sort of in general how surgery goes. So it says, Lehman awoke from the anesthesia, this is the second operation, to watch Tucker wheel her from a crowded prep room down a hallway. The first operating room was occupied by a janitor mopping the floor. The second was eerily empty. I became terrified. I did dental surgeries and I knew how it was supposed to work. She said, the room is supposed to be ready, prepped with equipment and nurses long before they bring the patient in. So she, he's just wheeling her into an empty room. Oh, this is nobody in it. She passed out again and then woke up with electrical tubing up her nose. Tucker soon entered the room and ripped it out by hand, tearing all the stitches. When she made it home from the second surgery, she knew instantly that her nose was worse than ever. So this is not good. I got to say, like, I, I have such anxiety around health issues like if i had one bad experience with a doctor i'd be like fuck no going to see a new doctor no uh, which is not to blame her at all right like stuff happens sometimes no, but doctors talk you into the second surgery yeah um so she's home for a month she can't work right she's supposed to be teaching she's putting salt water into her sinuses she can't really breathe she can't even really think because she's in so much pain oh. so she goes back to the doctor she and it says Lehman's drug-induced denial crumbled with one devastating moment of clarity. So she's she's sitting in the exam room waiting for him to come. She blows her nose and she looks at the cleanest and it has this like neon yellow pus oh, that's coming out of her nose. Infected. Yeah. And, the, and this woman is like, I don't know if she has a like doctorate or if she just has a degree in dental, but she's like knows what she's doing, right? That's she's a, very MD, highly medically trained. Yeah. So Tucker walks through the door. And she shows him the tissue 
And she's like, look at this. Like, clearly something is wrong. And it says, Tucker looked calmly at her and smiled. The tissue's perfectly clear, Jen. You just don't want to get better. Oh, boy. Like this whole, the he's level crazy. of gaslighting. Yeah, he's crazy. And she's like, oh. Like, he's, she's like, I know what color things are, right? He could tell me all this stuff, but I know that this is yellow. It's not clear. And he's doing this on purpose, right? Like, this isn't just maybe he made a mistake. Maybe there's a complication. If he is looking at this pus that just came out of me and trying to convince me that it's clear, he's intentionally trying to hurt me. And so she runs. She literally runs out. She runs and hides in the bathroom. Good. And then she runs out and she goes to the dental school where she finds a doctor that she knows and he takes her to a colleague and it says when that doctor first shined a light into her sinuses he recoiled and then he gently tugged out the gauze that tucker had left packed inside her nose for months and she's like so i knew it was intentional and i just lost it all right so she has all and she she goes on to sort of you know obviously she's got a really serious infection tries to get it treated you know, eventually like part of her nose collapses years later, the cartilage is like poking out of her skin. Like it's really bad. She has a kind of lifetime of complications from this. Um, and then, so she's completely freaked out. Right. Cause it's not just like, Oh, I had a botched operation. No, he was like mess, like messing with her. Yeah. He's trying to hurt her. Oh. And so like, that's terrifying in a whole other way. Right. Like this doctor intentionally tried to hurt me. And so she was driving home from the university one day after this and he was in his car following her. Oh, God. And so then she had to move. So she basically fled town. Because if to... she called the cops, they would have been like, eh. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. what are you going to do? I mean, this is fine. Uh, yeah, so it ends up going to Austin. And uh, she's like, I'm going to file a complaint. Like, I know I'm not going to get much. And especially then, it, right. according to this article, the... Uh, malpractice laws in Wisconsin are sort of comically tilted in favor of doctors. Like if a patient wants to file one, you go before what's called a patient compensation panel. Oh, made up of doctors. Who yell at you and basically berate you. And then only if you make it through that, are you even allowed to file a lawsuit? And I can guess the gender of all the doctors too. I mean, this is 1978. Makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So she's like, I know I'm not going to get anything. I know how the system works, but I want it on record that he did this. Yeah. Right. So like, I'm not even really looking for the money. I'm just looking for a record of his problems. And it turns out she is very far from the only person that he has done this to. So there's another woman who... Uh, had lost a hundred pounds, like on purpose. She went on a diet. She lost a hundred pounds, so she had all this extra skin. And uh, so he does the surgery to take the skin off. He botched it so much that she needed to have fifteen. I'm sorry, thirteen additional operations on top of that. I wonder how many of those he did. Like all thirteen. I I think he probably didn't do any of them. Mm. Um, there's another dude, Ralph. He ha- was having spasms in his left arm, so he goes to this guy for surgery, and it was so bad that his arm didn't work after that, and then they had to amputate it. So he lost his arm. Then there's a woman, Mary, who went in for a uh, breast augmentation, and it got super infected, and then he goes back twice to fix it. Doesn't work. All right. To fix it. I put Aggressive medical details here. So uh, skip ahead if that squeams you out. Once he jabbed a seven inch needle into her breast with no anesthetic. Another time he ripped part of an implant out of an incision, also without pain medication. The nurse had to yell at him to stop because he was hurting her. He was a torturer. 
Yeah, it says he showed no emotion. Before the third surgery, I was so worried he'd kill me, I wrote a letter about what he'd done to me before I went in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't go into a surgery with a doctor if I was feeling like that. Yeah. Find another one. Um, so anyway, by 1982, he's facing 13 malpractice lawsuits. Those are ones that have made it through the panel of doctors who don't want to believe the patients. Who yell at you. Yeah, and then decide if you get to file one. Uh. 13 of them. Uh, and then there's other ones, you know, that haven't made it through just basically anything he did surgery on oh he screwed up and uh yeah okay so and then the one of the hospitals uh also starts an internal investigation so like everything's finally coming down but it took what a decade oh but we're not done oh boy three days after they announced that they're gonna do the internal investigation he disappeared yeah, he's just gone. So what happens? So he goes out fishing. And uh, so he, they live on... he. So this is in Milwaukee. Yeah. They live on Lake Michigan. And uh, they live on the lake. He so has a wife? He has a, he's he has a wife. His wife's name is Joan. Now, oh, this yeah. is a different Joan. Oh. He has two wives, both named Joan. So uh, everything is sinister in this. I know. So this is his first wife, Joan. Uh so he lives with her in this big house on Lake Michigan in Milwaukee or probably outside Milwaukee, goes out fishing for the day and, uh, and never comes home. They find his canoe, his canoe, his canoe <laughs> washed up <laughs> little German creeping into me there. <laughs> uh, that's how you say knee in German canoe. Uh, his canoe was washed up on the shore. Um, and so they're like, okay, well let's go find the guy. And so the Coast Guard and the police start looking for him. They spend 24 hours. They don't find his body. Lake Michigan. Lake Michigan. Oh, but it's big. It's very, very big, <laughs> you yes. You can't find a guy in Lake Michigan. Uh, if you have not been to the Great Lakes, they're like the size of seas. You cannot see across it's them. like an ocean. Yeah. They're, they're really, really giant. Yeah, it is like a... It's big. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so one of the cops is like, this is a little fishy. Uh. Not, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> Uh, so they found his jacket a few miles away, but they didn't find his body. And that's just weird. Like the lake doesn't work that way. Take a jacket off. <laughs> Take someone's jacket off. Or like if there's a body in the water, it tends to wash up where the clothes are with know. how the currents are. Scales of November come early. It's, it's hard <laughs> to tell what they'll do. But more importantly, two people said that they saw him after he would have drowned walking along the road five miles from his house. And then somebody found his emergency raft slashed with a knife and it was kind of hidden somewhere. Nice. So it's all really suspicious, but the cops just like, I mean, nothing like, he's a grown what's up, the crime? Right? Yeah. yeah. And so the cop actually noted on the report, like they're like, okay, he's a missing person. We presume he drowned, but the cop at the end, right? If the guy wants to leave, it isn't a crime. So the cops <laughs> like, he may have just faked his death and left, but it's not illegal yeah. to just leave right. and have people think that you died. So they have a memorial service, and even his brother goes up to talk at the memorial service, and he's like, Glenn has disappeared before. He may have done it again. So <laughs> doesn't even believe that he's gone. Because I guess, like, you know, he ran away from home at oh, some point, nice. and, uh, you know, fine. This guy's crazy. Yeah, so that fortunately doesn't stop the malpractice suits. Good. So 
Um, because That's what I was worried about. They're like, oh, he's dead. Let's stop the investigation. Yeah, the insurance is all still there. Um, so the dude who had to have his arm amputated got half a million dollars. Uh, the woman who lost the 100 pounds and her skin was like super messed up, she got $697,000. Um, a couple others got, you know, in the tens of thousands of dollars. The Jan Lehman, the one with the nose, she only got $1,000 and she just took it because she's like, I didn't like want to go back to Milwaukee. I didn't want to talk to the patient compensation panel. I just wanted a record of what he did. So like, fine, I'll take your thousand bucks. What a system. Um, yeah. Okay. So he's gone. Most of the cases have been wrapped up the malpractice case cases. And then, uh, Wisconsin public television sends this producer dude to do a piece on the patient compensation panel like on infections in hospitals. And he's like, this is going to be the most boring thing I have ever done. <laughs> and uh, when he's talking to him, they're going through the files and he finds one of these. Think it's okay. I know you're very worried, but it's, it's going to be okay from here. And so he sees, you know, he's like, what's this case? And they're like, it's interesting. Like this guy had all these malpractice cases and, uh, and then he just disappeared. He drowned in the lake and they're like, oh, there is a story here to look into. <laughs> and so they start trying to track him down. So they bring in an investigative reporter, the nice. TV station. And uh, and they heard rumors that Tucker was in Florida. Some nurse he worked with said she was at like Miami International Airport and saw him at the airport. And so they're trying to track him down. They can't find anything. This is pre-internet. Yeah, yeah. This is, I think, the we're still in the 80s. Yeah. Okay, but... The wife, interestingly, has also left town. Uh -huh. So she sold their house and left the state. And he's like, well, let's track the wife. Yes. And so they do that. And they find a legal document that says the wife is now living on Little Torch Key at the end nice. of Tortuga Lane. I have been down there taking pictures of mailboxes. <laughs> this is in the Jolly Roger uh like development on little torch key so the island where we got married like you would get on the boat on little torch key to yep. go out there and we've occasionally driven down driven down into the neighborhood so um yeah i mean it's a perfectly like middle class it's like pirates cove road or something right? yeah that's right uh yeah, pirates road or something uh so yeah so they find the wife's address down there uh -huh. and uh so they go down there nice with a camera crew show up in their driveway and dude comes out and nice. they're like want to talk to us Dr. about milwaukee Tucker. yeah and he's he's basically like it says smiling sheepishly he walked out of the garage he sits down and talks to them and he says oh yeah he's this is, he says reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated what they should have kicked him just for that <laughs> yeah so he's like i was just fed up with the whole mess up there and then he's like they're like but why did you go and he's like you know, well, they were going to ruin my reputation. There was going to be all this shame. I didn't want to deal with it. But really, the hospital chief who ordered the internal investigation, uh, the temptation to kill him was huge. Oh. So it was best that I left. So, yeah, dude, uh, just basically bailed. bailed. And his wife didn't know at the time that he was going to do this. So everybody really thought he had died. And she's like, we had the you know memorial this service. memorial service like we really thought he was dying and then i basically get this message that he's down in florida and i'm like okay i'm going sold everything and went down there that's an enabler yeah so he's got a daughter who was 24 when he disappeared and then he's got this wife joan and they're both like you know he just obviously was mentally ill he struggled with depression and so it wasn't an issue of forgiving him we just had to go help him so they're both like 
I mean, I believe the guy had mental illness. I don't know if it's just he was depressed and that made him horribly maim a whole bunch no, of not, people. No. People who are depressed don't make like these veiled death threats either. I mean, there's something malicious yeah. there. But they are, uh, they both, I mean, the Joan eventually dies. Just, it seems naturally, it doesn't seem anything suspicious. Oh, this is Joan. Joan number one. Joan number one. <laughs> Wife Joan number one. Yeah. Uh, but the daughter, like, you know, she's like, yeah, I mean, he shouldn't have killed Joan number two, but, you know, he just was mentally ill. Like, she, they're really giving him a pass on everything, so it's a little... A lot of pass. Yeah. Uh, so, it is what it is. I mean, family's complicated, I guess. I don't give him a pass. Uh, dude's clearly a psycho yep. and fucking asshole and, like, probably a psychopath slash sociopath, like, enjoyed hurting people. Like, the whole gaslighting thing, you know, yeah. that first patient is... You know, killing the cat is pretty much a sign, too, right? Isn't that, that's like, true. how you didn't a have lot to of kill mass murderers start with torturing animals it's true but you know i mean killing the cat at the end like you could go all right the guy's just really depressed and doesn't want his cat left alone not i'm just saying it's different than like he's eight years old and in dissecting neighborhood pets right um but anyway yeah so they didn't even know that he had you know escaped they thought that he really had drowned in the lake um so when they finally like reunite up in the keys he's like well i can't be doctor like they're gonna I can't, you know, use my license. Thank They'll find me. Goodness, he so, didn't like try that again. He did really. They were like <laughs> what we always talk about as like the standard keezy couple. He did some commercial fishing, <laughs> did some odd jobs, a little bit of carpentry, light repairs. His wife got a realtor's license, <laughs> joined his little firm. I mean, it's it's so. This yeah. is what people do in the keys. Like they all have a few gigs. They're making enough to like pay for what needs to be paid for out of their garage, you know? Yeah. And they're just like, this is how it is in the keys. Like people keep themselves. People come from all kinds of weird backgrounds. Like you just let people do whatever they want to do. And, uh, so yeah, they live for like a decade down there. And then in 2003, Joan died. It doesn't say how, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't sound suspicious. And, uh, and then Glenn Tucker, the, evil doctor apparently was just like despondent right they had been married a really long time Mm. seems like pretty happily married um and you know a year later is like okay so he goes on to e-harmony meets joan number two i I wonder if he was searching for jones (laughs) yeah must be named joan (laughs) joan i mean you could do it on e-harmony it's probably hundreds but they they seem to get along well but she had two adult kids from before and they it just sounds like a mess like everybody hated each other the kids uh don't sound all that great like they took a whole bunch of money from them uh the virginia the daughter who also said the dad was just mentally ill and shouldn't be hated or anything for what it's worth says oh you know they were just bleeding him dry the the adult joan two's adult kids do have some arrest records um and not for like little drug stuff for some more serious crimes, but who knows, right? Everybody hates each other though, and there's <laughs> and money's involved, right? Yeah, which well, makes that's it. That's why they pull her out of the nursing home too, because she's that takes money. This is part of the question. Yeah, so in 2010, uh, Joan has a stroke, and apparently, like a big, very serious one. She's in an assisted living facility for a year, and then the kids take her out. He he says no, and they take her out anyway. The husband says no. Yes. Yeah, Took her is... back home against Tucker's wishes. What, so, what? yeah, they bring her. They don't bring him. Bring her to their house. Right. They, they don't put want her to take in his care house. of her. They just don't want her in the nursing home spending money. 
Yeah. So Harrison, the guy we started with, the non-murderer, yeah. who's the neighbor. The onion farmer. The onion guy. He says, by the way, uh, these lots on Little Torch, like we've been in this area, they're not farms. They're they're little. <laughs> <laughs> they're, I mean, it's like not even a quarter of he an acre. Have 40 acres. No, it's of it's very small. It's it's probably like he was very 0. proud of it. Yeah, uh, but he's not farm. Just I don't want to give the impression that there's like this big, <laughs> this space sorry, out there. Sorry, Mr. Robinson. I know you're not a onion no, farmer. They're close in, close in little houses down yes. there. Anyway, uh, yes, the onion farmer says uh, is talking about Tucker. He says he didn't want her there. He didn't know what to do. So, which like, the one thing I'm on the side of with this guy. Sure, except that you would have a rational response and think about reasonable options, and he thinks immediately of death. Yes, yes. No, I mean. Uh, just that part. Like, if you had a debilitating stroke to the point where, like, I couldn't take care of you, right? You needed to be carried around. Like, I didn't. It required more medical stuff. We'd find a really good place, and I, I would expect the same, right? Like, go to a place where you can get cared for. And if your daughter was like, "No, he's not staying there," and brings you back here, I'd be fucking pissed. Oh yeah, right. So, uh, I mean, that that little tiny piece of the story <laughs> is reasonable. Oh my god, uh, you're really stretching here. I, I mean, I'm just like, it was it was the one part of this where I was like, well, this guy really had something shitty happen to him. Yeah, right? it was like, a teeny tiny little thing. I called it teeny tiny. All the, the bad <laughs> things that he did to I'm everyone just, I'm just in, saying. His, in his life. Uh, it, it made me, <laughs> I was sort of like. Uh, there's always this stuff with, or not always, but there's a lot of times this stuff where it's like, oh, adult kids of one, adult kids of the other, and the parents are older and get married, and the kids hate each other, and if they're giving money to some, the other ones are jealous, yep. and so I was just yep. like, and I don't like Virginia anyway because she's like, my dad, I like we didn't have to forgive him, like he was just mentally ill. Of course we had to stand. By and him. so I'm like, all right, like one of the kids got a DUI, whatever. But then it's like, oh no, they pulled her out of the nursing home and like gave her to the dad. I'm like, all right, fuck all these guys. Yeah. You know. So, anyway, yeah. Five days later, he shoots and kills Joan number two and his cat Luther and then himself. So there you go. Uh, They interviewed uh, this article is great. And they went back and they interviewed a bunch of people, you know, who had been former patients who were like he was a psychopath. He had no emotion. He wanted to hurt you. You could be crying out in pain. And he just had no response. Like he was clearly doing it on purpose. Well, yeah, it sounds like he did things on purpose to hurt patients. Yeah, it sounds like it. You know, his family's like, no, no. I mean, obviously, you know, it's bad what he did, but he just had some mental illness. And if he just could have got some basic treatment, he would have been fine. Basic treatment for I think she for evil. Virginia seems to be thinking that he really was just depressed. And if he, <laughs> but you don't hurt people. You, you don't is being depressed. Affirmatively hurt people again and again and again if you're depressed. That yeah, he could have been depressed. Yeah. But that is not his only or his biggest problem. Yes. So there you go. That is the murder suicide um of, Yeah. Yeah. Feline aside. Yes. Murder murder aside, cat aside and suicide. Yep. So by the seaside. <laughs> Oh, so bad. Oh, you ready for a dog palate cleanser? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, this was sent to us by a fan. Bella the dog saved by a Cape Coral man. All right. So Bella is a little dog. Let's see if it says what kind she is. Five-year-old dog, Bella. She looks kind of like a... She's like Toto from The Wizard of Oz. 
Yeah, like a little so, terrier looking thing. Terrier. Yeah. It, it may say when we get in here. Cute okay, Bella. so yeah. Bella's owner, she's five years old um, in Cape Coral, Florida. Her owners go to Disney World. They have a dog sitter taking care of her. And uh, and she escapes. Oh, Bella, not the dog Bella sitter. Bella is a brother. <laughs> so Bella escapes. And so the dog sitter, you know, immediately texts the family and is like, uh, Bella escaped. So everybody's looking for like, her. Well, we're going to stop paying you starting now. Yeah. This, by the way, is this week. Whoa. Uh, this story is dated August 16th, 2019. We are recording on August 17th, 2019. Whoa, Bella. Yep. Um, and so they can't find her looking all over the place. But... Tim Wido, a total stranger, finds Bella. He's in his boat and he sees Bella hanging onto some mangroves in a canal. Whoa. Finds her hanging out there. She's barely got her little head above water, clinging oh, onto the mangroves. They have the big roots that come out of the water. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he gets his boat out there and kind of lures her over and uh, and saves her. She'd been gone for 15 hours. Oof. So she probably was in the water for quite a long time. And no just life vest. It's not like swimming dog. No. She's just hanging out literally hanging on anything to get away from that dog sitter yep and so they had posted on social media about it and that helped tim find bella her owners and uh and brought her home it said when they got her home bella was still shaking she was so scared so the owner said let's take her to the vet to get a checkup but she got saved out of the canal by a neighbor who was like really nice and found he's a hero and he's going to heaven good job tim he won't run into dr glenn or whatever his name is. glenn tucker Nope. Nope. Not nope. there. Nope. So there you go. That's our murder of the week. That was a good palate cleanser. Thanks, fan. Yes. Th- sorry I didn't write your name down. I always am like, I'm totally going to write this down. And then <laughs> I'm like, just barely find the article when it's time to record. So uh, thank you. High level of pre- I can't cast stones. I do nothing for these. Nothing. Well, you show up. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's Vink growling in the background. She's like, I also show up. Yeah, all right, Vink. Quit all showing right. off. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week with more murder. Bye. Don't conk out. Oh, good. Don't conk out. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs>